Don't listen to this episode unless you want to find out how Sammy Leonard has become the youngest football manager in the UK at just 20 years old, how Sammy featured on BBC ITV and podcasts from networking while in bed, and how you can turn huge negatives into your life into positives, and the one piece of advice if you want to escape the rat race. Come on, come on, let's have it! Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast with your hosts... Callum Webber and Jacob Ingham I want to manage higher. You know, I, I spoke to a BBC person and they asked me what level do you want to manage? And I think he expected me to say maybe League Two conference or lowest level. And the first thing I said was in the Premier in the Premier League, 100%. Here we are then. So we're back with the Freedom Lifestyle podcast. So we've actually got a very, very special guest with us today. And he's actually the youngest ever football manager in the UK. So I can't wait to, to find out more about Sammy, how you've been able to be the youngest manager in the UK. So I'm going to pass it straight over to you. Like, obviously, number one, like how does a 20-year-old end up becoming a manager at such a young age? And obviously, let's before we get to that, Let's rewind back to like the start of your football career um, and then obviously we'll move on towards where you become a manager, bro. Yeah, listen, mate, I think um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind last month or so um, in terms of my own football career. I mean, like I said to you sort of off air, mate, I think eight, nine years old, I was always playing. And in terms of the managerial stuff, you know, my company got put in such a good place or in a better place than obviously when it started that it sort of came to like that probably be the best person to take the job obviously being 20 when I got it and now 21 um, that's obviously led to a lot of criticism a lot of praise probably a bit of both um, but listen mate I, I feel like I'm ready for it you know my team's won since I've been in charge you know you've got to a cup final so I think slowly I'm proving that hopefully despite the age hopefully the best person for the job mate. I love it. I love it. And obviously you're managing uh, Yaxley currently at the moment, um, which is an amazing, amazing achievement at, tw- at 20 years old. But obviously, like in terms of like, obviously when you were younger, you you know, you've, you've like said before off camera that you've been on in, in many academies and obviously football was always something that you wanted to do. But you did mention to me that you always thought that you were going to, you were going to be more successful in your manager, managerial career rather than actually being a footballer. So talk more about that. Obviously, when you were going through the academies, did you just always have that vision that you wanted to be a manager at a young age? Do you know what? I've been asked this by everything I've jumped on, right the way from the BBC to the ITV to podcasts, whatever it is. And genuinely, yeah, I always thought I'd, I'd manage at a higher level than playing. Um, I think with playing, I had ability, but I wasn't the next Messi or Ronaldo. And I sort of knew that. Yeah. So I knew that because I've got quite a good mindset or I'd like to think I do and I work hard, that sort of took me to a certain point. But I was also in teams where I thought, do you know what, mate? I've got nowhere near the fucking ability he's got. Do you know what I mean? So it was a case of how do I get even close to that person when it's going to come from working hard? So I knew that as and when I finished play, and obviously, unfortunately for me, I finished early, if you like. Um, if I went into management or own my own company to do with football or whatever it is, I thought I would do quite well because I feel like I was always punched by my weight because I was a natural, you know, I was naturally someone who'd work hard. I naturally understood sort of, you know, preparation before games, analysis on games, you know, getting to bed early, all those sort of things, all those boring things that ultimately when you're sort of 15, 16, 17, obviously you don't do you just want to play football. Um, so genuinely, yeah, man, like I, I always thought that I'd manage at a higher level than playing. I, I still hold that now. Now I manage it 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, obviously, you mentioned that obviously you had to end your football career early. Like, what actually made you end your football career early? Let's talk a bit more about that. 
yeah, so it's a big thing in terms of me, I think, and it's sort of why maybe I've got the PR I have. Um, so I took my Moderna second vaccine. So I've taken my first Moderna vaccine, obviously to do the COVID stuff. Um, felt okay, you know, not not too many side effects from that. And then took my second one. I'm not going to lie, bro, within 15 seconds, I thought, fuck. I knew. Wow. I knew. It was that quick. Um, my body went cold. I just felt awful. And I thought, whatever I've just taken has not reacted well. And obviously, when you tell people that, thinking, oh, yeah, he's talking, he's talking shit or whatever. But genuinely, you know, I'm not someone to sort of cry wolf. And I felt horrendous. So the next 24 hours after that, I just was in bed feeling crap and saying, listen, I don't feel good. And then about, I think it was, what, it was un, just under 24 hours, I went to bed and then I woke up in the night just not being able to breathe. I was like, what the hell? So I ended up getting rushed to hospital. And the funniest thing about it was they sort of doubted me when I went in. So they sort of pretended as if I had a chest infection and, you know, it wasn't maybe what I was suggesting. Did some, you know, did some scans, whatever. And then the guy came in. I remember he sort of drew the curtain slowly. And I just, I remember saying to my stepdad, I was just saying like, I'm telling you now, I was going to come in and give me terrible news because my chest felt so painful. Like I had a massive, sharp sort of daggering pain. And I'd had chest infections, man. Like I know what a chest infection is. Um, and he pulled the curtain and just said, listen, man, I'm really sorry, but you've got a blood clot in your lung. And I, I wasn't even surprised. I, I didn't really have a sort of, it wasn't like a, oh shit, and then I started crying and stuff like that. I was just like, mate, I've been saying this the past three hours whilst you're having this hospital bed like wired up and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, ever since I've had sort of long COVID issues and obviously recovering from the blood clot, you know, I'm still on four or five medications a day and all this sort of stuff to sort of keep me at 60, 65%. So really COVID's been, I say to people, COVID's been, it's sort of fucked me in, 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 a, in, a, in a sort of strong word, but it's also made me in a different way because I've managed to sort of create things because other things have been stopped. So I think it's great, you know, just looking at the negatives, but for me, I'd try and, and look at it like, you know what? taking a sports management company that I, I now own and run and have employees in um which I now run um I also have the youngest manager ever however the downside of that is obviously I don't play and don't exercise you know I was quite a big boy beforehand you know I was sort of seven days a week in the gym and now I'm like obviously I'm not in bad shape or anything so I eat okay but you know I just don't have that physique and power that I used to have which is a shame I do miss it mate I'd put myself in centre mid for my team if I could now <laughs> um yeah man it's one of those things that's, that's a crazy story obviously so it's like sorry to hear about like obviously what happened to you like it's mad the fact that you literally knew within like 15 seconds like I didn't realize it was like that sudden um obviously you've hit I've heard about cases you know um in, in the media and stuff but you never really know what to believe nowadays but yeah, the fact that it happened in 15 seconds, mate, that's that's crazy. But obviously, everything happened for a reason In in for you and being able to get your dream of being a manager at such a young age. It's just obviously such a shame of the, of the situation, how it actually happened. But in terms of like, you know, when you got the second vaccine and obviously you're wiped out in, within like, well, within 15 seconds, really. How long did it was it from that day until like you become a manager of Yaxley? Do you know what? Exactly, I couldn't tell you, but I think, I mean, I had about a, a year of recovery where I was just in bed at home. And I'll be honest, mate, that was that was tough, man. Like, it, it was tough because you don't see it because obviously everyone was coming out of the pandemic and everyone was sort of getting back to their normal lives. And I was sort of inside in my bed. Like, my football career was finished. I'd just been in America for a year and that had been stopped. I had to stop that. Um and I was just like, what like, What am I going to do? Like, I couldn't get out of bed. You know, my fatigue was horrendous. You know, I had doctors saying, well, we don't know what to do. Um, and it wasn't until I went private. You know, I'm lucky enough 
through to myself and family being able to maybe afford those things. I went private. That doctor sort of got me to a point where I can function again. Um, but yeah, man, that was tough. Like, I look back and say that, that was tough. There were definitely days where the weeks went by, the months went by, and I was just like, I'm just getting up, sitting in bed all day, and then going to sleep. And that's difficult, no matter what anyone says, straight after the pandemic as well. Obviously, everyone had been inside for a long time anyway. And then to add another year on top of that, just in bed was like, I'd like to think I'm pretty strong mentally. But listen, mate, there were days where you was just like, mate, this is just so shit. Because it's all well and good texting your mates or whatever. But I was just so tired all the time. I was in quite a lot of pain. And it was just like, this is just crap, man. Like, But like I said, I think you just got to try. And, and I like to think you just got to try and sort of, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And again, it sounds cliche, but I think there is. Um, and it's just a, you know, a case of time and, and trusting what, what doctors tell you, I think. Yeah, powerful stuff. And you mentioned, obviously, you were in recovery for uh, for about a year. Like, what was, like, your biggest lesson? Obviously, you know, it's good to turn all negatives into a positive. So, like, what was, like, your biggest lesson that, that happened to you? Or you, you can reflect back now and think that was my biggest lesson that I gained from that that year out. Don't take anything for granted. Not one day. My biggest Huge. lesson for me. So, so important. And it's all well and good those things. But it's only when you're in a position where you think, oh, this is really isn't good. You know, in a position where you can't control anything is when that really becomes apparent. Every single day, I, I remember thinking, if I get back to a certain point where I can sort of function again and go out my mate to whatever, I will not take any day for granted. So now, the way I like to see it is I want to give absolutely everything, every single minute of every single day, because ultimately, it can change like that, mate. Because one jab basically just threw away 10 years of my life. You know, and I was taking a degree in America. You know, I was at a really good university. I was playing full-time football. I was in sunny Texas in 35, 40 degree heat. To then come back to England, have a clot and sit in my bed all day, it was like some come down. You know, and you know what it's like with social media nowadays. It's almost like people say they don't see it, but everyone's got Snapchat, everyone's got Instagram. Mm-hmm. So all my mates are there and I'm clicking through whilst I'm in bed and all my mates are sort of partying or seeing girls oh, or football. And you're just like, what? what have I done to almost deserve this? But I feel like you've just got to remember that I think everyone's going to have that period. And just whether, if you have it at 20, that makes no difference, you know, because some people I think are going to have it at 40. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm bang on. 100% I'm thankful that I sort of suffered a few things growing up that I've had it young, genuinely, because I think for the next 20 years, that's going to sort of bode well for me. Uh, whereas some people I think, I haven't gone through much, I think that's unfair, but if you get to 25, 30 and you've not learned too many lessons, I think that is a slight negative and you've got to be a little bit careful that you sort of don't yeah. become it can change. Yeah, you're, yeah, you'll get bit in the ass at one point. You know, life, life can be hard and it's it's all about what you, like, you know, you go through, what you go through, you know, that can then bring out something amazing, which it clearly has for you, bro. So obviously you were out for a year and then what happened then? Because obviously your football career was ended. So were you just on a mission? Like after that year, you, you finally could get out of bed, you could get a bit more active and, and get about a bit more. Like was your mission like, right, I want to be a manager now? Or were you thinking, right, I better get try and get like a nine to five job? I think for me, I don't particularly like being told what to do. I don't hide it. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what I'm saying, mate. I don't. Um, and people say to me, you know, why, you know, why, why join your own company? You know, why do you want to do that? All that sort of stuff. My biggest thing isn't, listen, money's great. Going away is great. Getting nice things is great. But ultimately, the biggest thing for me is I don't want to be waking up and someone telling me what to do. I want to run it. So for me, it was a case of, listen, I'm going to make a company work and whatever leads to that leads to that. And ultimately, being featured on podcasts and on ITV and on Five Live and on BBC. And, you know, I've got one this week as well with a sort of major outlet. They've come from literally me sitting in bed, networking with people on my phone. So when people tell me, 
you know, oh, that can't happen or you can't make money online. You've got to go and work for 60 years. Mate, it is nonsense. It's all well and good people making TikTok saying it's nonsense. But that is that is the facts because I was absolutely fucked in that period. And for me, all that was was, you know what? I posted all the time. I started on TikTok. I got myself on Twitter. And listen, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I built myself to a high enough point to where people started to notice who I was. Um, I think also I posted a tweet about my jab and I, it did, it, it went pretty viral. I ended up getting 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 just retweets. So I, I sort of blew up from that as well. Um, right. so, so that also helped in a weird way. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately there's actually no excuses. I, I generally don't think there is. If you want something bad enough, and you'll know better than I will, mate, you, you'll make it happen. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Hundred percent, mate. And like you mentioned earlier as well, that you were you were just sat in bed and you were just networking. You were networking on TikTok. You were networking on Twitter. What was that like break for you that gave you that opportunity to go and be a to be go and be a the youngest manager in the UK? I think my company got to a certain point where I sort of was becoming the go to person for younger footballers who had sort of had a bit of a struggle. So even in my own career, I mean, I've been released by two academies in my in my youth career. So even that itself was. Um, was was challenging for me, and it's quite unusual to be released by two, and, and I was for, for for different reasons. But players now can come to me or my employees, and can get back on the you know on the pyramid and look to push themselves up from a semi pro to the pro game. So I was sort of becoming a go to person for that. So obviously, when lots of players come to you, then managers hear of it, then scouts hear of it, then head of recruitment hear of it, directors, chairman. And all of a sudden, I've got people coming to me from all over the place. And then I, I connected with a few clubs and I became close with Yaxley, who were, you know, a semi-professional club sort of in Peterborough. Um, and the manager I was good friends with, he sort of came out due to personal reasons. I had a chat with him and it sort of became apparent that, why don't you take it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, I went from one evening, you know, never had managed ever, to all of a sudden managing a fairly decent semi-pro side um, at 20, which obviously brought a whole lot of PR. Um, I felt ready. I didn't actually feel, I felt more nervous playing when I did managing. You know, I don't have any nerves when it comes to managing or or speaking. I, I never have, to be honest, mate. Um, but yeah, bit of a bit of a quick uh, turnaround, buddy, yeah. Yeah, love that, love that. And obviously you mentioned as well that you had a, a company and obviously you were networking. What was your company and like what did it specialise with? So my company is called SLM Sports Management. So it still runs um, alongside sort of managing. Um, so in terms of what we do, it's, it's it's technically a mentorship, you know. So people come to me and say, are you an agent? Do you make things happen? The main purpose of our company is for younger players or footballers in general to develop their contacts to play at a higher level. Because ultimately, like we spoke about again off air, mate, networking is massive. And for my company, everything. it's everything, right? So we've networked and we've networked and we've networked. So as a company, we have lots of contact. We have lots of trusted managers, etc. Whereas if I'm a 17-year-old who has no contacts, but I'm a really good player, and I go to a club and say, can I come and trial for you? The reality is you'll be told no, because he's got no yeah. idea who you are. Whereas if you come to our company, you join on, you do X, Y, and Z, the chances of you then getting an opportunity are way higher. So that's sort of the value that we provide and also 24-7 access to us. So I, I love know, it. Problems, yeah, exactly. So problems, you know, you can come to us and say, "Listen, I'm struggling with this, this, and this." Ultimately, I'm not saying I've experienced everything, but I've been released twice. I've played abroad. I've got friends playing at the top level in the Premier League. Um, we've obviously had the, the, the blood clot situation, so your situation can have to be pretty bad for me not to understand it. Hence, why I thought, you know what, I'm probably, despite only being 2021, 20, in a good position to go and advise, especially lads between the ages of sort of 17 to, to 25, I'd say. I, I love it. I love it. I love what you're doing. It's, it's similar to like freedom lifestyle in terms of like, 
our mission really is just to get like, because so many people end up just staying in their same small hometown for the rest of their life. They have the same friends from school, which is obviously important to always keep your friends from like from your young age, but also go out there and meet new people because the more people like, you know, the more contacts you make, the more contracts you're going to make. And that's the same in business and it's the same in football. So I love that you're providing uh, a business, a company that's going to be able to help so many young lads like actually like make it in football because there's so many good footballers out there like you said like we all know mates from home like that are really good at football but they end up just obviously staying for their local team because they like you said they haven't got the connections that you know it's not what you know nowadays it's, it's who you know unfortunately and mate, I, I absolutely love what you're doing I love what you're about and obviously let's fast forward now so you got that first day you got you got signed for for Yaxley obviously when you went into like the uh, into the locker room to to, to meet to meet all the all the men all the, all the lads, obviously a lot of them are probably a lot older than you. Like, how did you find like walking into 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 the locker room with with like men football that footballers are a lot older than you? Like, did you feel like you had to go in there and try and gain their respect because they're a lot older? Do you know what? And this this is going to sound harsh, but this is the sort of person I am. The club wasn't in a position, and the players weren't in a position to be demanding respect um, for themselves because they were doing so badly. That's the, that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. oh. Ultimately, I joined the club at one point, so they failed all season. They lost 24 of the first 25 games. So if anything, wow. I think it was the reverse. Ultimately, that's the case. You know, I had players in the dressing room who I think were some were 15, 16 years older than me. And listen, no one likes it. If I'm a 35-year-old, would I love a 20, 20 21-year-old, you know, hotshot telling me go and do this, this and this and this? Maybe not. But ultimately, I think you just got to accept it. And anyone who's not on board with how I want to play, my instructions, what time you get to team meetings, what time you get to training, communication, if you're not on board with that, you can fuck off. Simple. I, 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 there's nothing else to it. I mean, that's then, you know, I will back our players 100%, but my squad is young. You know, my, my squad's now, you know, I basically get to change the whole team. So what that's meant is we're sort of, massively needing points whilst the whole squad's changed. So that brings about challenges. Forget football, but in terms of lads gelling, obviously we're a part-time football club, not full-time. So there's not a lot of, loads of contact time. Um, so there's loads and loads of factors. But in, in terms of how I felt, listen, I think you get nerves for anything in terms of football when it's the first time. But in terms of sort of public speaking and getting to know lads and sort of demonstrating what I want, that wasn't the sort of nervousness for me. For me, it's more about the pressure I put on myself, ultimately, because I thought if I go in there and change nothing, then that also is a failure of myself. Forget what other people think. Um, but that first, the first win was the best was the best feeling for me, mate. Um, because although it was only one win, you know they were a good side we played. They were, I think, they were seventh when we were twentieth. You know, so for me, it was one of those moments where I almost deserved to be here. But I needed that. I needed that win for other people to see that, not just myself. Um, so that was a good feeling, mate. Yeah, I love that. I bet the I bet the energy was quality, obviously, because you know you're obviously in the re, in the relegation battle. How many how many more games you got left of of the season? And obviously, I, I, you'll be fighting to get out the relegation. Realistically, mate, the club's going to go down. I, I knew that when I took it. Um, I think there were twenty two points adrift when I took it, so it makes it nearly unbel- uh, um, impossible, basically, mate. Um, but however, listen, I, I don't know what I'm doing next season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My, again, it sounds cliche. My full focus is getting as many points as we possibly can. Um, when I came in, I had four targets. Win our first home game of the season. We've done that. Get to our first cup final in five years. We've won a semi-final, so we've done that. 
and win our first away game of the season. We haven't done that yet. So that's something in the next, I, th- I think we've got nine games left in the cup final that I want to do. We've got an away game next Saturday. Um, so listen, it's going to be difficult. Um, but ultimately, I think given the time, even if we go down, you know, it's still going to be the youngest and it will still be a competitive level. It's about rebuilding the club from sort of the top to the bottom, or bottom to the top um, and getting it back to a place where ultimately... I want to manage higher. You know, I, I spoke to a BBC person and he asked me what level do you want to manage? And I think he expected me to say maybe League Two, Conference, or lowest level. And the first thing I said was in the, prem- in the Premier League, 100%. Because for I me, you would. I, I look at it and just say, if I'm 20, right, I could manage maybe 700 games by the time I was 30. The majority of people don't wow. start before 30. So if I've managed nearly 1,000 games before 30, my experiences, in my opinion, will be here, whereas Lanty was starting at 40, they'll be 10 years off me, but I've had a 1,000 games. So, I, for oh, me, I love it. there's no excuses, buddy, for me not to go and push on. 100% Mate, not. I, I can't wait, like, to keep interviewing you as your journey, as your journey grows, and I can't wait to be like, I interviewed you when you were at Yaks, right. and now... And now you're in the Premier League, bro. Like, that would be so sick, bro. But, mate, I love it. And like what you mentioned, you're going to have such an... You've got a dis... You had a disadvantage for, you know, losing your football career. But now you've got an advantage because you're you're, you're a manager at such a young age. You're going to get all that experience. And talking about experience, like, to be fair, like, obviously, you know, most people that go, go and be a manager, a lot of them just start in, you know, playing football. So, like, what type of training do you get to be a manager? Like, it's not really spoken about ever. So it's like, what actually, what's the process? If someone is listening to this and wants to be a manager because they love football, like, what's the process? I mean, I I go TikTok live a lot. I'm on TikTok a lot, right? And people say to me, you know, well, Sammy, I've got this coaching badge and I've got this and I've, I've done this. You know, why haven't I got a job? And I say to them the same things, two things for me. Firstly, you're nothing without your network, nothing. Doesn't matter how many you can go and do a hundred million badges. You can go and do as many badges as you want with the FA. You can get to you know you can do all of that stuff. Ultimately, if you don't know anyone and people don't trust you or your opinion. It's going to go nowhere. Going to go nowhere. Whereas if you're known for being a good networker, people have lots, lots of good things to say about you. It's going to get you into places. Also, I think you learn on the job. You know, I, I, I'm I, I'm learning so much. We lost three one yesterday against fourth place. We won the lap at half time. If we had won that game, it would have been an unbelievable victory, but we lost. So I've got to look at that. And the amount I've learned from that group of myself in that second half is massive because we were nowhere near good enough in the second half. You know, so I think you learn on the job. And I think that's a big thing. And also, I think network. You know, I, I've said it three or four times. And again, I mean, me and you have sort of stressed it. It's so important because because I have a good network, it allows me to sort of open up doors for myself, not just in football, but in business, in relationships, in life. Um, and the more you have, you know, I've reached out to you in the podcast and said, listen, do you want to go and do something? Because for me, I'm not scared to go and network and go and make that connection, you know, because I want to ultimately be around people who I think, you know what, he's got a bit or I like that. And ultimately, if you plug yourself in different areas, mate, you're going to get into a good place. One million percent. That's the biggest thing I would say to anyone. Go and go and start posting three times a day on TikTok. Build yourself. Go and post yeah. on Twitter. Go and post on Instagram. Cold call if you need two people. Reach out to podcasts. Eventually, you'll have someone who goes, you know what, I'll do it. And when you get that breakthrough, you've got to take it. Take it and don't stop because it's not going to, when you first start, I mean, I remember after the first two weeks, I was posting and posting and posting and I was like, mate, I'm getting like a hundred views of like one comment, like what's, you know, who's like my mum's mate and stuff. But then ultimately, as you build and as you build, I mean, if you jump on my TikTok live now, I'm not massive or anything like that. But if you jump on my TikTok live now, I will get 10 comments in 20 seconds on my live. So for me, it's a case of, just keep building, keep building, and you'll get to a point where you know what, it will definitely be worth it. But you've got to have 
And again, you'll know better than I will, but you've got to have the mental strength to be able to get to that point. If you just give it up, and it probably wasn't for you anyway, and you probably should go and do a nine-to-five, or you probably should go and do something in your hometown. If you want it, you will just plug and plug and plug away, and the, there, there won't be any excuses. You'll just make it happen. This this podcast has been, obviously, like, you're a football manager, but you've got so much knowledge, bro, about business. It just shows that the football world is all about business as well. Like, you just get it, mate. You literally get it. And I'm going to flip back to what you mentioned earlier as well about uh, you want to be a Premier League manager. And obviously, you know, when you were on BBC and got interviewed and when you were on ITV, they kind of expected you to maybe say like League One, League Two, like you mentioned earlier. But obviously, you're going for Premier League. And that's a huge, another thing that, Freedom Lifestyle is all about is that abundant thinking, like that thinking big, because it's an energy. Like if you think big that you're going to make the Premier League and you have you have that set in your mind, then you're going to, you're going to be able to make you're going to make it happen because you're going to be attacking for it. You're going to start thinking bigger. You're going to get more opportunities. You're going to like you're going to be more motivated to go and network with people, which is going to open up more doors. But if you had that mindset that you were aiming for, say League One, then you're probably not going to get past League One. So what's the point? of putting a ceiling on, on what you're going to go for, you may as well be like, no, do you know what? I'm not even just going to be in the Premier League. I'm going to win the Premier League. Like The bigger, the bigger you think, like, even if you don't achieve that, let's say you don't win the Premier League, because you're thinking that big, you're more likely to get there than if you thought you were going to, you know, play in League One or League Two. So, like, for anyone listening to this, like, just think big, attack, network like fuck, like Sammy said, and you can make shit happen. I just love what you're about in your 20s, bro. But, mate, I could chat to you all night, but I can see, I can feel we're going to have multiple podcasts, and I'm sure all the listeners are going to be saying that we want we want Sammy back, especially as you develop and grow throughout the years with different football clubs and obviously making it to that Premier League, mate. I can't wait. But I've got one final question for you, bro. Obviously, the podcast is called Freedom Lifestyle. What does Freedom Lifestyle mean to you, Sammy? I think that is the epitome of... When I was sat in bed, not sure, you know, not sure where I wanted to go. Um, I think freedom lifestyle for me is ultimately having a lifestyle that you want to create and have your own sort of vision and where you want to get to. Um, ultimately, I think everyone, and I mean everyone, no matter what circumstance you're in, because some people are going to have it worse than others. That's just a fact. Okay, so ultimately, but if you want it enough, you'll make it happen. There's, there's not any excuses. You know, most successful people, if you go, you know, you run through. Their, their background, where they've been. The most successful people, not all, but the majority, have come from some horrendous background and things that have happened, which have built them for that. There's very, very few who have had no knockbacks by the time they're 20, 25. The majority have. So it's not a negative. I think if you flip it and turn it into a, posit- you know, a positive, mate, you have the lifestyle and you have the life that ultimately everyone sees on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok now that you want to get to. you just got to keep believing, mate. Genuinely, it's cliche, but it's, it's completely bang on. I love it. I love it. And this, this, I've, I'm very grateful for you hopping up. I'm grateful for you reaching out to me as well. And that just shows the power of just, you know, just, just asking. Like, what's the worst? The worst case scenario, I said I would have said no or not replied. But of course, I'm going to say yes, bro. So, like, do you know what I mean? The, the more people, the more contacts that you make, the more contracts you're going to make. And not only that, we don't know what's going to come from this. Like opportunities for, for myself might come from meeting you. And I'm, I guarantee you, you're going to get opportunities from meeting myself and obviously coming on the Freedom Lifestyle podcast. So, mate, it was an absolute pleasure, bro. And um, 
Mate, I don't want it to end, but adios, bro. Adios. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Lifestyle Podcast. Myself and Jacob run a free community on WhatsApp with over 200 entrepreneurial lads in their 20s, escaping the rat race without doing it alone, feeling overwhelmed and burning out. I don't know whether you want to scroll down now, click the Freedom Lifestyle community link, take a short quiz in under two minutes to join for free. I can't wait to see you in there.